0: Let us pray. Thank you so much, Lord, for the beautiful experience we've had together. And Lord, it's true. The only thing that's going to matter is that we get home. We We know, Lord, that this world is not our home. We're pilgrims and strangers in this place. You never intended for us to live in a world like this, but thank you, God, that you're preparing a place for us. Lord, I pray that that place would be filled with our presence, that we will not be absent. And Lord, tonight as we meet one last time, we pray, Lord, that you put in our hearts a homesickness for heaven. May the things of this world grow strangely dim in in the light of all that you are preparing for us. Please, Lord, touch our hearts again. Speak to us. Lord, it's late. We started late. I know that many of us perhaps are hungry, but Lord, bless us again as we wait upon you. In Christ's name, amen. What will heaven be like? If you're to ask the average person that question, <clears throat> many people have different ways of answering it. Some people think that heaven is gonna be like floating on a cloud strumming a harp forever. And that sounds peaceful, but if that's what heaven is, I mean, to me it sounds kind of boring. And heaven's not gonna be boring by no means, amen? It's gonna be peaceful but it's not going to be boring. And then there are others who try to make heaven to be some spiritual mindset, saying that heaven is within. This is what the New Age movement teaches. And while it's true that we can have a heavenly mindset, heaven is more than just a frame of mind. And then there are others who try to make a heaven here on earth, thinking that if they have lots of money, They can buy a nice, luxurious house, drive a nice, fancy car, and sleep in a very comfortable bed, and have all the accessories of the world. And somehow that would bring happiness. But friends, the Hollywood stars will tell us that money cannot buy heaven, and it surely cannot buy happiness. In fact, these things many times make individuals slaves Slaves to habits and addictions. If money could buy happiness, then the Hollywood stars ought to be the happiest people in the world. But why is it that many of them are, have divorces? And many of them are broken individuals with addictions. And they're lonely. Which shows, friends, that we were created for more than what the world can offer. And that's the reason why Jesus told us in the book of Matthew, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, Where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your what? Your heart will be also. You see, friends, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And if your treasure is here in this world, that means your heart is in this world. But if we're storing up our treasures in heaven, that really shows God that our hearts belong to Him. And so, who has your sweetest affections? To whom do you love to think about and converse about the most? I pray that our treasures are in in heaven. For if we lay them up here in this world, it's all going to be destroyed. In 1 John 2, verse 17, it says, And the world is passing away, and the lust or desire of it. But he that does the will of God will abide how long? (coughs) Forever. So the Bible says that this world is all going to burn up one day. Everything in this life is going to be destroyed. But the one that does God's will is going to abide forever. Thus, we must store our treasures in heaven. But the question tonight is, what is heaven? If you look up the word heaven, it means heaven. Where God dwells. What does it mean? Heaven is the place where God dwells. It's the presence of the Lord. And friends, when God created this world, it was like heaven on earth. Because this was the place that God would dwell with mankind. Bible says that God created the Garden of Eden. And He placed man in that that garden. And it was a beautiful garden. And this was the place that God would have face-to-face communion and communication with His children. It was a literal garden called Eden. But if you were to look up these words garden and Eden in the original Hebrew language, we find a very beautiful spiritual object lesson concerning this garden. For the word garden in Hebrew literally means enclosure or to encompass or to surround. And then the word Eden literally means does anyone know it means pleasure so it was a literal garden called eden but spiritually speaking god enclosed mankind or surrounded us with pure holy pleasure that garden was a pleasurable place you know why because that's the place where god would dwell with his children The Bible tells us in Psalm 1611, Thou would show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are what? Pleasures forevermore. And so the Garden of Eden was so pleasurable because the pleasure comes when we enter into the presence of God, when we have that relationship with Him. It's a pleasurable experience. There's fullness of joy in God's presence, and that garden was the place that adam and eve experienced the pure pleasure of the lord but friends today the word pleasure doesn't have the best connotation isn't that right the word pleasure to in our day and age is more of a a sinful carnal word but in the beginning it was a pure word this is what god desired for us he wanted us to experience joy and joy forevermore and that garden of eden was so beautiful everything in that garden the fresh the air was fresh and clean and the streams flowed with pure life-giving water the trees in the garden were filled with with delicious fruits sweet to the taste all the waters teemed with colorful fishes and and the beautiful creatures were there of intricate design and and that just testified of the wisdom and the beauty of its creator And all the ferocious beasts, beasts that are ferocious today, back then they were all meek and tame. The lion would lie down with the lamb. And all of God's creation, all of the animals were vegetarian. Amen. (laughs) And the Bible says that Adam and Eve, mankind was placed in that garden and they had dominion over all the world. And this is how God wanted to be. All creation was in perfect harmony with the Creator. But then we read how sin interrupted God's perfect plan, and as a result of partaking of that fruit, going against the Word and will of God, mankind had to leave the Garden of Eden. They could no longer dwell in that place. They lost Eden. They they, they traded genuine pleasure for a counterfeit pleasure, the pleasures of sin. But thank God that he promised to the human race that one day Eden would be restored back to humanity. And notice what the Bible says in Acts chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. The Bible says, He shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached to you, whom heaven must receive until the times of what time? Restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all of his holy prophets since the world began. And so from the beginning of time, when mankind lost Eden, the pleasure of the Lord, God had promised that that he would restore it, that there would be a time of restitution, that mankind would receive Eden and that face-to-face communion with their creator once again. And when will this time of restitution take place? Well, it's going to begin and the Lord Jesus comes the second time and we learned about the coming of Christ and how it's the blessed hope of all the ages and when Jesus comes it's not going to be a secret rapture but the trumpet will sound the angels will sing and the Lord himself is going to shout and it's going to be so loud that those who are sleeping in the graves are going to wake up and going to shoot up out of those graves and families that have been separated by death are going to be reunited in life never to be separated again And the little ones that died in infancy will be placed back into their parents' arms. And friends, that's going to be a wonderful day. And then it says that we're going to ascend to meet the Lord in the air. And as we rise up to meet the Lord in the air, the Bible says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. Bible says we're going to receive a brand new body, incorruptible and immortal. But the question is, what does this immortal body look like? Well, we don't have to guess because the Bible tells us in Philippians 3, verse 20 and 21, it says, For our citizenship is where? In heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his what kind of body? Bible says we're going to receive a brand new glorious body and friends I can't wait for a new body how about you you see the Bible tells us when Jesus comes those who are blind are going to receive brand new eyes they're going to be able to see sister Rose amen the Bible says that the eyes of the blind shall be open to see the beautiful face of God Jesus Christ and those of you with eyeglasses you won't need those anymore you can throw those away amen amen Brand new eyes when the Lord Jesus comes. Not only that, but it says in Isaiah 35.5 that the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. We will be able to hear the sweet melodies of the angelic choir. And we will hear the voice of Jesus Christ ourselves. No more hearing aids. Those of you who have them, you won't need those anymore. Brand new ears. And those who are lame, those who are confined to wheelchairs and are bedridden and and, and canes and whatnot, you won't need that, Brother Frank, anymore because the Bible says that the lame shall leap like a deer. Can you say amen? amen? No more back problems, no more aches and pains, no more arthritis. And the tongue of the dumb shall sing. Those who cannot speak will sing the praises of Jesus. And friends, they'll be able to learn how to sing like the angels and even better perhaps. And those of us who can't hold a note to save our lives, we'll be able to learn, amen? Oh, I wish I could sing like Hope Montana, amen? Any of you with me on that? Oh, I wish I had that gift, but God knew that he wouldn't be able to trust me with that kind of gift. <laughs> I'd get too proud of myself if I had that gift. But friends, in heaven, we're going to learn to sing in the presence of the King. Oh, I want to sing in his presence, amen? And it says in Isaiah 33 verse 24 that the inhabitants shall not say, I am sick, because sickness will not exist in God's eternal kingdom. No more cancer, no more diabetes. Can somebody say amen? amen? No more asthma or arthritis, no more headaches or heartaches, no more AIDS, no more osteoporosis, no more multiple sclerosis. No more coughing or sneezing or running nose. I'm, I was sick this whole meeting, and I apologize. I probably got all of you folks sick. Many of you folks that are sick, it's because of me, and I apologize for that. But, friends, it's going to be all right in heaven. Amen? No more sickness, a brand-new body of eternal youth that never grows old. No more gray hairs and no more wrinkles. And, young people, no more blemishes on the face. Amen? No more pimples. (laughs) We will have a clear complexion. You know, friends, sometimes we look in the mirror and we don't really like what we see. But in heaven, we're going to like what we see. Amen. Amen. How many are looking forward to your new body? Amen. Amen. And you heard me say this before. While we are going to receive a brand new body uh, without any blemish and any defect. You know, there's someone in heaven that that has a body that has some defects. And those defects are man-made. The only man-made thing in heaven is the scars on the hands and feet inside of Jesus. Those scars that are so ugly but at the same time so beautiful because it testifies to the beauty of love. Those scars which render the body of Jesus imperfect but at the same time those scars are so perfect because it testifies to the perfection of grace and friends if you think about that for a moment it's amazing to realize that while we, we have a brand new body without any blemish or defect the king of kings and lord of lords confined to a body with scars and that's going to be the only reminder of the great controversy that took place in God's universe. And there are going to be little ones that will grow up in heaven, not remembering what took place in this world. They're going to jump up on the lap of Jesus. and They're going to ask Jesus, what is that in your hand? And Jesus will tell the redemption story to the little ones. In Zechariah 13, 6, And one shall say unto him, what are those wounds in thine hands? then he shall answer those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. We are the friends of God. And even though we wounded him, he still calls us friends. I can serve a God like that. How about you? The Bible tells us as we ascend to meet the Lord of the air, receiving that new body, Then we're going to spend the first thousand years in heaven. And every question we have is going to be answered. God, why did you allow this accident to take place in my life? Why did you allow my my, my child to get into that car accident? Why did you allow this to happen and that to happen? And and, and questions, answers that we don't have right now will be answered. First thousand years in heaven as we go over the records, His judgment is given to the saints. And then after a thousand years, the Bible says that the holy city, New Jerusalem, descends from heaven to the earth. God is now moving His capital, the capital of the universe, New Jerusalem, and He permanently moves it to earth. This world that is in rebellion against Him has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, is going to be turned into the capital of the universe, friends. That's amazing. Amazing. The Bible tells us at that time, the second resurrection of the, resurrection of the wicked will take place. The wicked surround the city of God and they try to take by force that which God once offered to them in love. And then it says that fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. We studied this before. But that fire is not a punishing agent. It's a purifying agent. The fire is basically purifying the universe of evil and its terrible results. And out of the ashes of the old world, the Bible says that God will create a new world. In 2 Peter 3.13, nevertheless, we according to His promise look for a what? a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness before the eyes of the redeemed God is going to create this world back into its original perfection you see no one has ever seen God do that that is no human being has not even Adam and Eve they did not see God create even when God created Eve Adam was asleep he didn't see it But before the eyes of all the redeemed, God will speak this world and it's going to be recreated back into the Edenic perfection that it once had before sin came. And then the Bible says that the meek will inherit the earth. That's a good inheritance, wouldn't you say? A brand new world, the meek will inherit the earth. You see, friends, the thousand years is the honeymoon, but the new earth is happily ever after with Jesus. Amen? It's a love story. And some people ask, well, are we going to be sad if our loved ones are not there? We might shed a few tears during the thousand years. But after every question has been answered and after God's character has been vindicated and exonerated, there will be no more tears because the Bible says in Revelation 21.4, let's read this together, shall we? And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. No more tears, no more fears, and friends, how do, you, how do you view that? Do you view God with a handkerchief going to everyone and literally wiping off the tears, perhaps? But more than that, what God is going to do, he's going to remove the cause of, fear, of tears. And when the cause of tears is removed, eyes will dry up automatically. Amen? No more tears and no more fears. And then it says in Isaiah 65 and verse 17, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come to mind. All the painful memories that give us nightmares. The things that have happened in our lives. Maybe we've been molested or abused, and those images are there and it haunts us. The baggage that we carry, the scars that are all over us. All those painful memories, God is going to wipe the hard drive clean from all the pain. And those things will not come up. It will exist no more. The glory of heaven is going to surpass all the sufferings of this earth. And it's done. No more war. No more terrorism. No more conflict or chaos. No more bombs. No more gangs. No more natural disasters wildfires and tornadoes and hurricanes and tsunamis and floods, death will no longer claim another victim. Death itself is going to die. And because of that, there's not going to be any cemeteries or mortuaries or hospitals or clinics. Those of you in the medical field, you can retire. Not only that, but there's not going to be any ghettos no more welfare or food stamps. These things will no longer exist because everyone will have have enough to eat. No one will ever feel the pain of homelessness because there's a place for all of us in God's kingdom. There will be no more divorce or dysfunction children growing up insecure, thinking no one cares about them. In heaven, there's no such thing as loneliness or disappointment or stress or worries, only eternal happiness and joy and peace and bliss that will grow greater and greater and sweeter and sweeter throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. This is what God is preparing for each and every one of us. And so even though we have a difficult time in this world, even though we do shed tears and we have things that we go through, friends, in comparison to heaven, the Bible tells us that our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And like what Paul said in Romans 8 verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed hereafter. So I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, you look around and you get depressed as you see all the terrible things happening in our world. You You become stressed out when you When you consider your own issues and the bills you have to pay and all the struggles you go through, but lift up your eyes, friends. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Take your eyes off of the things of this world. Don't focus on your circumstances. Focus on the promise of God. When he comes, all these things will be no more. And then in Isaiah 35, verse 10, it says, And the ransom of the Lord shall return and shall come to Zion with singing with everlasting joy on their heads they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing is going to flee away and i can't wait for that day how about you you see friends heaven is a real place it is a real literal place that god is preparing for us it's not a state of mind alone it's real and what is it going to be like Well, we don't know for sure, but God has given us glimpses to know that it's going to be good. And notice some of those glimpses. In John 14, verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many what? Mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Oh, I love this promise, don't you? This is the promise Jesus gave us when he came the first time. And he said, I have to leave, but don't worry, I'm coming back for you. I'm just leaving to prepare a place for you. So that when we get married, you have a place at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And this place is a mansion. Now, that excites me because, you know, my wife and I, we live in the ghetto right now. We live on a street where there's prostitutes and druggies, and we see this all the time. (laughs) Friends, I just can't wait for my mansion, amen? (laughs) Oh, I look forward to that. And by the way, I like this version of the Bible. You heard me say this before. This is the King James Version of the Bible. I don't care for that NIV version because in the NIV, the New International Version, it says, in my Father's house are many rooms. And friends, I don't want a room. I want a mansion, amen? (laughs) And and that's what God is preparing for us, friends. And in that mansion, there's not going to be dust. You won't have to be cleaning it all the time. <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. Oh, friends, I can't wait. How about you? And then notice what it, what it says concerning the kingdom of God. In Revelation 21, 21, And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. Everything is going to be easy on the eyes. Pearly gates, not... A gate with many pearls but the whole thing is a pearl now do you know how a pearl is formed do you by an irritation a grain of sand is stuck in that the body of that oyster and as a result of that irritation it it it, 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 it surrounds it and all of a sudden you get a pearl what a powerful lesson You see, we must go through irritations in this life in order to enter into the kingdom. But when we enter into those gates, it's all going to be worth it. Amen? And the street is made of gold. You don't have to worry about wearing gold, friends. We're going to walk on it. Gold so pure that you can see right through it. It's transparent. And then it says, (coughs) 22, verse 3 and 5. And there shall be no more what? Only blessing. God reverses the curse. And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light. And they shall reign, how long? Forever and ever and ever. No more night, no more darkness, only eternal light. And we're going to reign with Jesus in that kingdom forever. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. And then notice in Revelation 22, verse 1 and 2, I love this part. It says, and he showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. So the river of life comes from God's throne. You know why? Because the, uh, God is the one that brings satisfaction. He's the only one that can quench the thirst of our lives. And so you find water coming from the throne, quenching the thirst of all creation. And it says, in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the what? The tree of life, which bare 12 manner of fruit and yielded her fruit. How often? Every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Oh, I love the tree of life. The tree of life, it's one tree that is on both sides of the river of, of life, and it comes up and it connects at the top. And this one tree called the tree of life, bears 12 different types of fruit every single month. One tree, 12 different types of fruits every single month. And friends, I can't wait to taste the fruit in heaven. Oh, it's going to be so sweet. I can imagine grapes the size of basketballs. <laughs> the fruit is going to be absolutely amazing, friends. <clears throat> and not only can you eat the fruit, you can also eat the leaves. That's going to be the best salad we're ever going to taste of. And the Bible said that the leaves were for the healing of the nations. Now, why is that? I thought that when we're in heaven, there's not going to be any sickness, so why do, we need to, why do we need to eat the leaves from the tree of life? I thought that when Jesus comes, we're gonna receive a brand new body, so why do we have to eat the leaves? And here's the reason why, friends, this is what I believe. The reason why we need to eat the leaves of the tree of life is because, friends, sin has messed us up big time. You see, in comparison to the original man and woman, Adam and Eve, we look terrible. When the Bible says we have fallen short of the glory of God, It's not just spiritually, it's also physically. In stature, we are small and short in comparison to the original man and woman. We look messed up. Sin has completely deformed us. We come in all different shapes and sizes because sin has messed us up, friends. And that's why you have some people like me with big ears, it's not proportionate to the head. the eye on this part of the face is a little bit crooked from the eye on this part of the face we are deformed friends and we are short and that's the reason why we're going to eat the leaves of the tree of life to grow up into the original stature of the original man and woman because compared to adam and eve we look terrible so brothers it doesn't matter how handsome you think you are you are (laughs) ugly compared to adam (laughs) and don't laugh sisters Compared to Eve, <laughs> and so what's going to happen is this. When we get to heaven, Adam is going to be a lot taller than everyone else. We're going to look up to Adam. I'm going to come up to Adam. I'm going to say, Adam, don't worry, man. I'm going to catch up to you one day. I'm going to eat the leaves from the tree of life. Amen. Now, John has some, Brother John over here, he has some height. I'm going to do the same thing for Brother John. I'm going to look up to John. John, I'm going to catch up to you one day. <laughs> the leaves of the tree of life for the healing of the nations to grow up into the original stature of the original man and woman the fruit and the leaves the tree of life and friends you realize that we can eat from the tree of life right now do you know how do you know what that tree of life represents it represents the cross jesus is the fruit that hung upon the tree The tree of the cross and when we eat of Christ the flesh of his body and the nectar of his blood partaking of his life it prepares us to eat literally from the tree of life in heaven can you say amen Amen. don't ever forget that friends Jesus is the fruit that hung upon the cross on that tree Bless his name tonight. Amen. Amen. Praise God for the fruit. Now I want you to notice <clears throat> in Isaiah 35, verse 1 and 2 the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice. Friends, the flowers will never die. You pick a flower and give it to somebody, that flower will never never wither away. It's going to be wonderful the Garden of Eden once again, and we're going to be able to explore all these beautiful things that God has made. The beautiful creatures of intricate design will be our study. And Christ will show us around as our tour guide. Not only that, friends, but we're going to be able to travel throughout the wonders of space in this vast universe that God has made, visiting other worlds that have not fallen, and be able to talk with individuals and share our testimony with others. You see, friends, heaven is a place for inquisitive minds to find the answers to the deepest questions of science. You know, right now, we only use a very small percentage of our brain Very small. Can you imagine if we were able to use a 100 capacity and our brain able to expand and grow and grow and grow and learn and, and discover? It's going to be wonderful, friends. And then notice Isaiah 11, verse 6 through 9, And the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And who's going to lead them? A little child shall lead them. And then it says, the cow and the bear shall graze. The young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat what? Straw like an ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the vipers' den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And when I think about the animals in heaven, I always get excited because I want to have my own own pet tiger with blue eyes. You see, these beasts that were afraid to get near, we will, we will be able to pet like little house cats. The lion and the lamb are going to lie down once again, Once again, and God's creation, everything is going to be vegetarian once again. Can you say amen? Now, some of you didn't say amen, but that's all right. <clears throat> They're not going to have any natural tendencies to bite. They're not going to want to bite you, or maybe God just might remove their teeth. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but one thing we do know, it's going to be all right. Oh, I want to go. Don't, don't, you, don't you want to go? This is my wife and I. We were in Thailand. We got the chance to take this picture with this tiger. This was a real, live tiger. And you can't do that here in the States, but in Thailand, you can go to the zoo, and you can actually pet the, the, the tigers, and so he took this picture. When we first went into the enclosure, the, it only had a chain around its neck. And it was, it was laying down very calm, but all of a sudden when they're getting ready to take the picture, the trainer uh, did something with his hands and, and started getting the tiger riled up and, to open his mouth. And you can see my uh, I'm smiling here, but I was so afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait in heaven, I'm not gonna be afraid, amen? (laughs) Pet that tiger like a little house cat. I can't wait to wrestle with a gorilla or maybe with a grizzly bear. I can imagine the little children sliding down the neck of the giraffe, monkeying around with the monkeys. I can imagine little Ian playing with the monkeys (laughs) and flying with the birds. Can you imagine it? To take flight. It's going to be wonderful. Or ride on the back one of those massive orcas in the sea of glass to explore the creatures of the water. I love scuba diving. I had to spend a lot of money and a lot of time to get certified, but in heaven, all of us, we to enjoy it together. Amen? It's going to be wonderful, friends. The things that God is preparing for us. Oh, I beg you, on behalf of Christ, Don't be missing. Please. It's just not going to be the same without you if you're not there. It's not going to be quite the same. Let's all be there. Work is going to be enjoyable. It's not going to be stressful and burdensome like it is in this world. We're going to have fun. Work is going to be enjoyable. Notice what it says. Isaiah 65, 21, 22. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. My elect shall long (coughs) enjoy the work of their hands." Bible says that work is going to be enjoyable. It's not going to be burdensome or stressful, clocking in and clocking out. No, we're going to enjoy it. And the Bible says that we're going to build houses and plant vineyards. Why do we need to build a house if Christ is already preparing a mansion for us? Aha, here we find another beautiful thing about heaven. Not only are we going to have a mansion in the holy city, New Jerusalem, but we will have a second house that we can build ourselves somewhere in the new earth, and you can build your own dream house just how you want it. Maybe buy a nice stream in the backyard, or maybe you, you want to have a a cherry tree in the, in the living room. You can use your imagination. Anything is possible, friends. Whatever you want, you can have it. And I pray that we can be neighbors in the earth made new, amen? Now I invite you to come over to my house. Make sure you invite me too, friends. Amen? It's gonna be wonderful. We're going to, are we gonna recognize each other in heaven? Oh, you bet. But maybe not by our outward appearance. Because you see, friends, in heaven, I'm going to look good. (laughs) And you're going to see me and and, and maybe not recognize me right at first because I'm going to have a brand new body. I'm going to look so good. And and you're going to be like, wow, Taj, you're looking good. (laughs) And I'm going to say the same to you. So we might not be able to recognize each other exactly by our outward appearance. But we will recognize each other by our voices and by our shared memories. We will be able to reminisce of this wonderful experience we've had at the Revelation of Hope seminar. We will be able to shake, our, shake hands and embrace in heaven and talk about the things that, 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 that God did for us, especially in these few weeks, and praise God together in heaven that we made decisions for Christ. Isaiah 65 and verse 23, the Bible says, They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord, and their what? Their offspring with them will be one big happy family, friends. And while it may not be the exact same relationship as we have it here in this world, what we do know is that we're all going to be children of the King, which makes us brothers and sisters, family. And friends, I want all of my family my Bakersfield Central family, to be in heaven. Amen? And that's why we need to pray for each other, encourage each other, and come close to one another. Because, friends, if we can't get along in this world, we're not going to be in heaven. (laughs) And so we need to come together. Amen? Allow God to unify us in spirit and in truth. And then I love what it says in, in Matthew 8, 11. <laughs> It says, many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with who? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Now, this really gets me excited because when you read the Bible, you're inspired by these spiritual giants, these heroes of faith. I mean, you read about David and how he slew Goliath. You read about Moses and how he led the church of Israel. You read about Joseph and how he was faithful. And you get so inspired by reading their stories. But, friends, sitting down one-on-one with them is going to be a whole nother level. Amen? Can you imagine talking to these spiritual giants face-to-face? I can't wait to talk to Abraham and ask Abraham what it was like. When God asked him to slay his son Isaac and, and how he felt when he heard God say from heaven, lay not your hand upon the lad, now I know that you fear me. And when, you, when, when, when Abraham realized that it was just a test, and he'll give us a first count, a firsthand account of that experience. I can't wait to talk to Moses in heaven. I'm going to search out for Moses and I'm going to ask Moses, tell me, brother, what was it like when you saw the Red Sea split before your very eyes and, you, and God enabled you to walk on dry land? I can't wait to talk to those three Hebrew boys, these young men that had backbone, spiritual backbone. They would not bow down. They said to the king, our God is going to deliver us. But even if he does not deliver us, we're not going to bow down. Tell me, brothers, I'm going to ask, what was it like? How did you feel when everyone else was bowing down? What gave you the courage to stand firm? And how did it feel when you were thrown into the fire And when you saw Jesus right in front of you. And they will give us a first-hand account. I can't wait to talk to Daniel. And I'm going to ask him what it was like that night he spent in the lion's den. And he'll tell us what it was like. I can't wait to talk to Elijah. And I'm going to ask Elijah, what in heaven have you been up to all this time, Elijah? Because remember, he was caught up in the fiery chariot. (laughs) I'm sure Elijah is like looking down and I'm sure he's thinking, oh, my brothers and sisters on earth, you don't want to miss out on this. Keep on. Do you know we're the Elijah generation? The final generation that will be translated without seeing death. I believe many of us are a part of that generation. The last Elijah generation, those who stand up and testify that Jehovah is my God. The Lord is my God, like Elijah did. So we're going to talk to Elijah. I'm going to ask Elijah to show me around. And we'll go together. I can't wait to talk to David. David, what was it like when you heard that uncircumcised Philistine talking trash about your God? What gave you the courage to go without any armor? And how would you feel when you saw that giant drop before your very eyes? And David will give us his his. His testimony. I can't wait to talk to Sister Mary, the one that was the habitation of seven demons. And I asked her, Sister, what was it like when they threw you down at Jesus' feet and they were condemning you to death? And how did you feel when you heard Jesus say, He that is without sin, go ahead and cast the stone? And then everyone walked away, and then you heard Jesus, who did not walk away from you you know why Jesus didn't walk away? Because he was the only one without sin. And the only one without sin, he was the only one that could rightfully stone her and still be just in doing so. The only one that could condemn condemn her and us said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Mary how did you feel when you heard those words? And she'll give us her testimony. Oh, is that, is that exciting to you? Does that move you like it moves me? I, I'm going to have some fun with Peter. Peter, why did you take your eyes off of Jesus? You're walking on water, took your eyes off of Jesus, and you sank. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> I'm going to have some fun with Peter. You see, friends, it's inspiring, isn't it? thinking about talking to these spiritual giants, but you know what the reality is? While we get excited about talking to them, in reality, they are more excited in talking to us. You know why? Because many of them wrote about our day. Many of them saw our day in vision, and they wanted to live right here because this is the time to live. But God said no to them. He said yes to us. They wrote about our day, but we get to live our day. And they're going to come up to us, and they're going to ask us to fill them in on the rest of the story. I can imagine Daniel and Elijah, or maybe not Elijah. Elijah's watching, but Daniel and Joseph, Esther, and these spiritual giants coming up to us. And they're going to ask us, what was it like going to the Revelation of Hope Seminar? What was it like hearing hope, Montana sing? What was it like asking your employer for the Sabbath off? What was it like living during the time of the National Sunday Law? What was it like living in the darkest period of this world's history? What was it like surviving cancer and and God giving you another chance? What was it like? We can tell them the rest of the story, amen? It's gonna be wonderful. I can imagine Daniel the prophet coming up to one of us and asking one of us to explain to him some of the prophecies that he wrote about. Because remember, Daniel died without understanding many of the prophecies God gave to him because it wasn't for his time, it was for our time. And so one of you will be able to give a Daniel seminar to Daniel the prophet. He's going to say, Can you explain to me this this 2,300 days? What does this mean? This has baffled me. And you better better bust out your slides and and go through it, your charts, amen. (laughs) I want to do it, but we can do it together, amen. Oh, it's going to be so good. And then notice what it says in in Revelation 21 verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Many of you heard this before. They just make it like you've never heard it before. <laughs> Why no more sea? Now, I had a problem with this when I first learned about this when I became a Christian because I grew up in Hawaii, friends, the beautiful islands of Hawaii, surrounded by the ocean. My, the, the, the beach was about a 15-second walk from my back door of my house. I basically grew up on the beach, going and swimming every single day after school, jumping off of cliffs and diving in the caves and surfing, catching the waves and, and, and snorkeling and scuba diving, whatever the ocean offers. Oh, I love it. The ocean is my playground. And so, I was wondering, God, why no more sea? What's wrong with the sea? And friends, there is going to be a sea of glass in heaven, but it's not going to be like the vast ocean that we have in this world. Do you know why? Do you know where the vast ocean came from? A worldwide flood, and the flood came as the result of sin. And friends, you know what this vast sea does? It separates us. It separates the human race. My family is in Hawaii right now, my mom, my dad, my little brother, my grandparents, and I miss them so much. California is nice, but... I miss home. I miss Hawaii. I want to see my loved ones. I can't see them whenever I want to because we're separated by a sea. I've been to Africa, met the people of God there. So too in India and in Asia and in Europe. I have family members all over the world, the the family of faith, the family of God, and I miss these people. I want to see them. Facebook is not enough. I want to shake their hand. I want to talk to them face to face, but I can't because we're separated by sea. But thank God in heaven, there will be no more sea because there's not going to be any more separation. Amen? That's the point, friends. No more sea, it simply means no more separation. We will be together in heaven. It's going to be a wonderful family reunion. And friends, I can imagine some of the reunions that will take place in heaven. Can you imagine the reunion of King David and Uriah the Hittite? That's going to be interesting. But God is going to work that one out. What about the reunion of Adam, the first Adam, and Jesus, who is called the second Adam? Wow. That's going to be a sight to behold. How about the the reunion of Saul, who became Paul, and Stephen, the deacon? Can you imagine that? The last time Stephen saw Paul, who he knew as Saul, Saul was leading out in his death. And so I can imagine Stephen getting to heaven and Jesus coming and placing a golden crown upon the brow of Stephen. Stephen takes off the crown and examines it and he sees all the stars just filled with stars on the crown. And he's asking, Lord, where did all these stars come from? Do you know what the stars in the crown represents? Do you know? Every star in the crown represents someone that is saved in God's kingdom as a result of your witness to that person. Every soul that you want to Christ, or every soul that has been brought to Christ by your influence, by your prayers, by your testimony, that's another star in your crown. And friends, I want to have a lot of stars in my crown, amen? And Stephen will take off his crown, so many stars. Where did all these stars come from? He's going to be wondering, Lord, how, how did I have such, a, such an impact on these many people? And I believe that what Christ is going to do, he's going to say, Stephen, look at the gate. Stephen looks, and he sees the Apostle Paul walking in, and behind him, multitudes of people following because it was through the witness of Stephen that Saul became Paul and was converted, and he was the one that wrote most of the New Testament, which affects every one of us today. But if you trace the influence, it all goes back to Stephen, and that's why there are so many crowns on, uh, stars on his crown. And I can imagine Stephen and Paul embracing together and praising God for what he's done in their lives. Can you say amen? And friends, I want to see that. I want to see Daniel. I want to see Joseph. I want to see all these Bible characters. I want to see my family. But the one I want to see the most is Jesus. I want to see Jesus. Don't you? I want to look into his eyes. I want to put my fingers on those scars. I want to fall at his feet and worship him and thank him personally for saving me, for bringing me out of darkness, for not giving up on me. I want to see Jesus. Don't you want to see Jesus? Oh, Jesus wants to see you. And after I see Jesus and spend some time with him, and after I see my family members, I pray that they'll all be there. You know who I want to see next? I want to see these faces. Look at those faces. Don't blink. These are the faces I want to look for in heaven. You! The faces I've been looking into every single night. Those are the faces I'm going to look for in heaven. Because, friends, let me tell you, it's nice seeing you tonight, but it doesn't matter if I don't see you in heaven. If you're not there, it's just not going to be the same. We've had such a wonderful experience together in these past weeks. And now it's the time to part ways. And in this world, we have to part ways. We live in a world of separation. But thank God we can see each other again in God's eternal kingdom. I want to thank Sister Flora for translating night if tonight. The there she is. You see her up there? God bless you, Flora. It's a joy to see Crystal getting baptized today. I want to thank my brother John for praying with me night after night, taking that time, pulling me aside, even though I was busy, and prayer is so important. Thank you, my brother. It's been a blessing praying with you night after night. i want to miss that. By God's grace, we'll see each other again. I thank my brother Jeff, my brother Victor, for playing this beautiful piano music. I thank all those in the parking lot that have been weathering the storms and the cold, making sure our vehicles are safe. God bless you folks, all those, my PA team, Brother Ed and Pascual, so faithful, being here early and leaving late night of tonight, making sure that the sound is good. Thank you so much, Uh, Sister Cruz. These families, Brother Calvin, these are the faces we're going to look for in God's kingdom, my Brother Doug and Brother Nev. We're family, friends, family of God. Brother Gary and Sister Corey in heaven together. That's what it's all about in this beloved family right here. Brother Bob and Leslie and Yadi, Joseph, all of you, Savannah. It was a beautiful thing to see this family get baptized. Look at that. God bless you. It's been a joy getting to know you. What God has started, he will finish. Keep on, Brother Bob, Leslie. By God's grace will see you again, Savannah. And God's eternal kingdom will see you, Savannah. Amen. And, and Yadi and Gabe and Celeste, what a joy to see mother, daughter, and son get baptized today. Amen. Oh, I had, I had such a wonderful experience with you folks. Sister Rose, seeing Sister Rose night of tonight. You're going to be in heaven, right, Rose? Amen. And mom is going to be there. We're praying that she gets better. Sister Linda, I remember Linda from the last time I was here. And she still wanted to study some more. She had perfect attendance last time. I think she had perfect attendance this time. And praise the Lord, she was baptized today. Amen. God bless you, Sister Linda. You are the answer to many of our prayers. And praise God that he gave you courage to respond. And I look forward to seeing my brother Gil. God bless you, Gil. Remember you getting baptized a few years ago and seeing you grow in grace and using your influence for the Lord Jesus. I Love you, my brother. With God's grace will see each other again. And my family from Southside, I asked one of them today. <laughs> a lot of them. I forget who I asked, but I asked today, Do "Your pastor mind you being here every single Sabbath?" And they said, "I don't care." <laughs> Oh, these rebellious church members, man. <laughs> I'm just playing. My Southside family, God bless you. It's all right. You can let it loose. If You feel like praising God? Praise Him. It doesn't matter how high you jump when you're praising the Lord as long as you're walking straight when you hit the ground. Did you catch that? <laughs> and this family right here, Chuck and Tanya, Getting baptized today, praise God for what He's done in your life. Keep on moving forward, family. Heaven is right around the corner. We don't want to be missing. I'm going to look for my brother Ed in God's kingdom. And this family, my Indian family right here, look at them. And seeing Nigel and Jenna and Hanan get baptized today, Oh, what a wonderful experience. Here are the the three siblings at the altar together. What a precious moment. Brother Nigel, you're going to be in heaven, right, my brother? 16 years old. Baptized today. I was baptized when I was 16. God's going to use you in a powerful way, my friend. Keep your eyes on Him. Don't let the devil distract you with the enticements of this world. God wants to use you to change the population of heaven. And so, too, my my sisters here, you're gonna be in heaven, right? (laughs) Jenna, heaven together is what it's all about, friends. These faces on the screen, we pray, will be in God's eternal kingdom with, with this family, Billy and Deborah and Erica, in heaven together. It was such a joy to see Erica get baptized today. By God's grace, we'll see you again, Brother Wayne. Where's Wayne at? One of the Bible workers and registers. God bless you, Wayne, wherever you are, and and this family right here, Abel. Brother Abel and Sister Desiree, was a blessing to see her get baptized today. You're going to be in heaven, right, Desiree? You're going to be there? If I never see you again, I'll meet you in the kingdom, sister. There's not going to be any anxiety attacks in heaven is eternal peace and joy so you keep allowing Jesus to give you that peace that passes all understanding oh I wish I could put all of your faces up here on the screen I'm going to miss sister Liz I remember the first time I met Liz it was a little bit rough that first meeting she had some questions but over time we were able to sit down and talk and reason from the scriptures and pray together sister Liz I'll see you in the kingdom you going to be there, right? By the grace of God. And this family right here, the Padilla family. Brother Isaac and little Joel. Joel, are you going to be in heaven, my man? Amen, he's going to be there. <laughs> Isaac, mom, family. Love this family. And this family right here. Bob and Sister Rosa. It was a blessing to see Bob. Look at him. You see the joy? That's what Jesus does. He brings joy. My brother Bob, you're going to be there, right? It's the Rosie. Heaven together is what it's all about, friends. And this family, Ellen and Robert, you're going to be there, right? you going to work on it? Well, you don't have to work on it. Just let God work on you. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to miss you folks, all of you, Maria, Deborah, Darren, you too, Brittany, all of you, Aparna and Vamshi, where are they, Aparna, Vamshi, I'm going to miss seeing your faces night after night, i to look for it in heaven, in this family right here, Moises and Lorena and the kids, where's Moises? Oh, they left oh they're in the back they're in the back god bless you family praise the lord for joining we're so happy to have you as a part of our family of faith here in this place praise god brother moises heard the message on the radio and that's how he came to the church brought his family and he's baptized this morning and sister lorena joining god's church by profession of faith our work is not in vain folks what we do for Jesus makes a difference in people's lives. Individuals' destinies will forever be changed by the sacrifices we make for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to look for my brother Ben in heaven. Ben! Nice haircut, my friend. It was a joy to see you, my brother, get baptized, to see the victory that you've, been, that you've won clean for eight months now God has done great things and I know I know that he's restoring your life he's restoring your mind and he wants to use you to bring restoration to others so keep on my friend I'm going to miss you bro I'm going to miss Noe as well where's brother Noe just stepped out, well, hopefully he's not going to step out of the kingdom. Amen. <laughs> By God's grace, we'll see Brother Noy in the kingdom of heaven. In this family, oh, my Brother Chris, Sister Jeanette, they're going to get married pretty soon, and after that, they're going to be baptized. Brother Chris, cancer survivor, God has spared your life because he has a plan and purpose for you. Keep moving forward, my friend. By God's grace, we'll meet you in the kingdom, and you're going to receive a new body. Stage four cancer would not be in it. Cancer free. Amen, Jeanette. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And Brother Renee and Sister Evelyn. Where's Renee? Where's Renee? I'm going to look for this family in heaven. I don't want to miss. Did Renee leave? Here's Renee and his wife at the altar together. Isn't that beautiful? Coming to Jesus together. We've had so many wonderful memories in this seminar. I wish I could show you all the pictures and and just replay it all. How we've seen God work and miracles perform and prayers being answered. It was so wonderful to see the church come together and work for the Lord Jesus as a team in ministry. And friends, I love this team, especially these are the heroes of the seminar. <laughs> the heroes. I don't belong in this picture. I'm just I'm just a I'm just a I'm just a I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just a groupie in that picture. But these are the heroes, friends, (laughs) those who came early and stayed late cooking, feeding God's sheep every single night. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brother Rick. Where's Brother Rick? Is Rick cooking for us right now? (laughs) Oh, I love my Brother Rick. He makes some good food. He makes a good baptistry, too. And Sister Wendy and Brother Chuck, the Noss family, Nature's Food Market, God bless this family. And, oh, I love this family right here, my brother Edgar and Sister Nicole. It's been a blessing knowing you folks and seeing you grow in grace. It's been such a joy. Praise God, and Nicole, for your sobriety. The fact that you're moving forward in Christ. Keep on. Don't look back. If the devil knocks you down, make sure he doesn't knock you out. Here's the family at the altar together. The Lord is using them in a powerful way. Look forward to seeing you get baptized soon, Nicole. By God's grace, if I never see you again, are you going to be in heaven, Edgar, Nicole? Amen. Oh, please don't be missing. And this family right here, (laughs) oh my brother Rob, (laughs) Sister Debbie, I love this couple. Where are they? Oh, there's Debbie. Where's Rob? Oh, he had to step out at the wrong time. (laughs) I love you guys. I'm going to miss you folks. It's been a joy seeing you grow in grace. Brother Rob, you know Rob was baptized the last time we were here. And now he's an elder of the church, leading out of the men's ministry and prayer ministry. It's only been a few years. And yet he's allowing the Lord to use him in a powerful way. I, I encourage all of you to make yourself available to the Lord. That's how you're going to grow, friends. That's how you're going to survive. It's by reaching out that God reaches in. It's by giving to others of yourself that God gives to us himself. And so get involved, friends. Don't be a spectator. Be a participant in labors of love. I remember, look, this was the last time we were here. In 2012, and there's Rob and Debbie at the altar together. That's when he made his decision for baptism. And praise the Lord for what he has done in their lives since then. And you make sure you tell Rob everything I just said, Debbie, and this family right here. Oh, man, this family. Harold and Val. Where's Harold? And Val, love you folks. It's been a joy knowing you. Look at this hand right here. That's a big hand. Isn't that right? (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord that you didn't lose that hand. but You almost lost that hand. (laughs) Keep using your hands to bless, to touch, to do God's work. By God's grace, we'll see you again, my friends, and and, and, your, and your daughters at the altar together, Katie and Brianna. And this family. <laughs> love you, folks. Love you, folks. You show the love of Jesus. My brother Keith, Sister Grace, servants of God. Thank you so much for your hospitality. Allow me to stay in your trailer right back here. I appreciate all that you do, being words of encouragement and praying for you all your family, Jerome and all the siblings and whatnot, that God will bring healing and restoration, that even though difficulties come, the darkness of death, that God's light still shines in the dark. my God's grace will see your loved ones again in God's eternal kingdom. Amen? And this family right here, Richard and Emily, where are they? God bless you, folks. It's been a joy hearing your testimony and seeing what God has done for you. Seeing you get baptized today. The smiles. Oh, what great things God has done. What awesome things God has done. Make sure you're in heaven. Please don't be missing. It's not going to be the same if any of you are missing, friends. And this family right here that I've been looking into their faces every single night right in front of me, my brother Reggie and Michelle and Ross and Andrew and the little one sleeping. Love you, folks. You know, on Facebook, their Facebook name is Unbreakable Eternity. Wow. You look them up and add them. Unbreakable Eternity. And then you go and you read the posts, which are prayers. Love you, folks. I'm going to miss seeing you guys every night. I may never see your face again. You may never see mine again because tomorrow's not promised. But if I never see you again in this world meet you in the kingdom you're going to be there right reggie how about it michelle ross amen (laughs) heaven together is what it's all about look at this family at the altar together holding hands one of the precious moments of this seminar seeing new life in jesus christ our work is not in vain friends the sacrifice we make for Jesus is worth it. Can't wait to see Sister Hope in, in heaven. Hope is going to be there, amen? Where's Hope? <clears throat> and thank you, Sister Nora, for housing Hope. We appreciate that. Amen. God bless you, Nora. I'm going to look for my brother, Willie in God's kingdom. (laughs) He's a volunteer, missionary volunteer, servant of Jesus. And these brothers, look at him. He's serious, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a joy working with this pastoral leadership. Thank you so much for allowing me to come and minister in this place. This beloved family right here, (laughs) love you, folks. By God's grace, we hope we can work with each other again. But if God does not permit that, let's continue to work for Jesus. We'll meet you in the kingdom. Amen? With all the kids, including that little one right there. Ian? 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 Are you going to be in heaven, buddy? Amen. 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 What a wonderful day that will be. You have a good pastor, friends. Continue to pray for him and his family and support him. That God will continue to use him to be a blessing to this community. Amen. And This family right here. <laughs> My brother Joseph, your family... So precious to us. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the good food, too, sister. We love you, folks. It's been a joy working with you. By God's grace, if I never see your face again, I'll meet you in the kingdom. Please pray that we will be there, my wife and I. We're planning on being there. And by God's grace, we're going to make it so that we can meet each other again. Heaven, together, is what it's all about. As we get ready to close, just a few more verses. The Bible says in Isaiah 66, 22 and 23, for as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. Make sure your name remains. And then it says that it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, says the Lord. The Bible says we're, we're not just going to unite when we first get there, but we're going to unite every single Sabbath and every new moon. Now, how often is a new moon? Once a month. So tell me, what happens in heaven every single month that calls for the gathering of all the people of God in heaven what happens every single month a fresh batch of fruit on the tree of life and so friends if i never see you again in this world i'll meet you at the tree of life amen Amen. and friends on that day those of you who made decisions for christ in this seminar these of you who made a covenant with god by sacrifice who've placed their hand on the gospel plow and have made the decision to move forward, not looking back, you one day will stand before the throne of God and worship Him every single Sabbath. And on that Sabbath in heaven, I'm not going to preach. Jesus Himself is going to take the pulpit. And the angels will be singing. The Bible tells us we're not going to need a microphone or projector up there because it says that we're going to see his face and his name is going to be in our foreheads. Face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face to see and know when with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ who loves me so. Only faintly now we see him with a darkening veil between, but a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen. Face to face with Jesus I want to see him. And he wants to see you Friends, when you think about heaven, let your mind soar. But remember that heaven is not heaven because of the streets of gold and the pearly gates and the water of life and the tree of life and the brand new body and the beautiful mansions. Heaven is not heaven because of these things. Heaven is heaven because Jesus is there. If he was not there, it would not be heaven. Christ will be the joy and the rejoicing of heaven because the definition of the word heaven is the place where God dwells. And as we walk in the light of his presence throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity, We will see the young grow up and the old grow young, and we will be with him forever and ever, reigning with Christ throughout the ceaseless ages. Friends, when you think of heaven, let your mind soar. Let your imagination go. But even after that, recognize that the Bible says that eye has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. It's going to be far better and what we can imagine with our wildest imaginations and so my friends make sure you're there how many of you are going to be in heaven by God's grace well friends you know how we can get to heaven we can get to heaven only because Jesus left heaven for us he traded the throne of glory for a criminal's cross he laid down the royal scepter for rusty nails He left the adoration and admiration of holy angels to be rejected and even spit upon by sinful men. He traded the streets of gold to walk the way of suffering for us. He stepped off of the royal throne to be nailed to a cruel criminal's cross. That's why we can go to heaven, friends. He laid aside his thro- his crown of glory to take our crown of thorns, and by wearing our crown, he won us the crown of life, and one day soon and very soon, we're going to enter into the gates into the city. The race will be finished. We don't have to run anymore. We're there. We're home at last, home at last, and as Jesus places that golden crown upon our brow, we're looking into the face of the king and the creator, and can you imagine, as he comes to each and every one of us, and places that crown? upon our brow as we look into the pensive beautiful calm lovely awesome face of jesus he then says to us well done the good and faithful servant not well said but well done the good and faithful servant you've been faithful in that which is least i will make you ruler over much enter thou into the joy of thy lord and that's it friends home at last home at last thank god almighty we're going to be home at last and so i want to invite you tonight as we close are you going to be in heaven are you sure some of you don't sound like you're sure if you're going to be in heaven by god's grace let me hear you say amen if you really mean that i invite you to stand and come with me on this stage as we close together in prayer I invite you to come we're going to pray together as we always do <clears throat> Amen Come come <laughs> Let's squeeze together, shall we? Family, squeeze together. A few more things I want to say, then we'll pray. Wait for those behind us. We're pressing, pressing together. together that we all be in heaven that not one of us will be missing we've had a wonderful experience we've come to the end but it's just the beginning eternity is right around the corner family and as we close tonight in prayer we're going to ask God that he would do whatever it takes that we'll be saved in his kingdom together amen A prayer that sometimes is dangerous because God in mercy will allow us to go through trials if that's what it takes. And So tonight, Lord, do whatever it takes is our prayer. But before we pray that prayer, I want to invite you folks to just look around. Look into the handsome and beautiful faces around you. Can you imagine a face you see right now, you don't see in heaven, that someone you're holding that's standing right next to you now, you will not be able to hold in heaven? What a terrible thought, a terrible thought, but friends, the reality is, is that we do these meetings, and sometimes we come back a year, two, three years later, and those who made decisions fall away. They allow the devil to knock them out. And it's tragic. Don't let it happen to you, family. Because if you're not there, it's just not going to be the same. As I look into your faces, as you look into mine, I'm asking God, to, as always, to put your face in my mind, to ingrain it there, because I, I can't promise that I'm going to remember your name. I did fairly well tonight. But by God's grace, I'll remember your face. Amen. And I'm going to look for it. I'm going to say, God, would you bring me to that face? Where is that face? And please, don't be missing. amen Amen. why don't you put your arm around the person beside you let's hold one another as God holds us and let us pray that we'll all make it to heaven together father in heaven thank you so much Lord for this wonderful experience we've had you've answered so many prayers You've performed so many miracles. You have shown yourself strong in our lives. You have broken chains of addiction. You've given people peace in the assurance of forgiveness. You have restored marriages and relationships. Individuals have been baptized and have made full commitments. And Father, tonight as we close this chapter of this experience, we know, Lord, that the best is still yet to come. Amen. And Lord, tonight we are praying that you would do whatever it takes for each person in this room Amen. to be present when the role is called up yonder, that we will all be there. Amen. Not only us, but our loved ones, our children. Our spouses, our parents, our brothers, our sisters, our classmates, our coworkers. We're praying, dear God, that you would use us to share with them your glory and your gospel. Give us wisdom to know how to approach, give us holy boldness, and most of all, give us love for people. Because we know, dear Lord, that there are still others in this community that have not heard what we have heard. So please, Lord, use us to go. And may the population of heaven be increased. Bless this church. Bless the pastors, the elders, the deacons, every single person. If we never see each other again, make us ready for that reunion in heaven. This is our prayer and our desire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just before you dismiss, just before you dismiss, if I can get your attention, I just have a few more things to say, I promise. I want to ask three favors of you, and then I'll be done. Number one, would you please keep us in prayer as we do for you? Whenever you think about us, just Lord, wherever they are, Revelation of Hope Ministries, just bless them, give them power, give them strength. We're on the devil's most wanted list. He wants to destroy us. He doesn't like what we do, so we need your prayers. How many of you are willing to pray for us? We really appreciate that. The second thing, and that is, is this. Second thing. Hold on, Ian. Hold on, Ian. The way in which you can show gratitude and appreciation for what you have experienced in your heart is not to thank a man. Don't thank me. This is not the work of a man. This is the work of the Holy Spirit working through many individuals. Amen. Amen. Amen? So don't thank me. Thank God. Give the glory to Him, friends. As I said to you before, I'm just a beggar trying to share some bread. Nothing special with me. I just want to share what God has done for me with others. So don't thank me. Thank God. The way in which you can show appreciation for God, to God, is this is the second thing I want you to do. Here's how you show appreciation. Second thing for you to do is go and tell somebody else what God has told you. How many are willing to do that? There are people out here and even in your sphere of influence that need to see the things that you have seen. They need to hear the things that your ears have heard. They must know what you know, and God wants to use you. And if he can use a druggie like me, he can use you as well. Amen? Amen. And so go, and that's how you show appreciation. How many are going to do that? By God's grace. Amen. Amen. Be tactful. Don't be obnoxious. Be wise as a serpent and harmless like a dove. Amen? And remember, don't start with the mark of the beast. Start with the love of Jesus. (laughs) And then the third thing, the third thing, number one, pray for us. Number two, show gratitude to God by going and telling somebody else. And then number three, this one is very important, the most important thing ever. Please, please, please. You must do this. You must promise me tonight that, yes, I will do this. Would you please be my neighbor in heaven? Amen. 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 Amen.